ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for What Do You Call It Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of What Do You Call It Podcast. I'm your host, GB, and today's guest is someone that I am lucky to have on this podcast. He was formerly known as Alexander Wolf, where he was an NXT WWE superstar, a member of Sanity and Imperium. Please give it up for Axel Axman Tisha. How are you doing today, mate? You okay? Doing great. How about you? I'm very good, man. I'm actually in a genuinely good mood. It's Friday. Uh, work's been pretty boring this week because it's half term. So, and the weekend around the corner. So what way, what best way to kick start my weekend by chatting to you, mate? So this is going to be fun. Oh, hell yeah. Thanks for the invitation. And, uh, yeah. yeah to be cool, on Thank you. So I'd like to start off with um, basically your future plans. Normally I go back to the beginning, but I want to ask, do you plan making Europe your home base for uh, wrestling going forward? Or uh, are you sort of up for a long-term st uh, stint in America again for another promotion? Um, so the plan, even uh, when I was still with WWE, was to find a place or find a time to move back to Germany because, um, like, don't get me wrong, United States is, is, is a cool country. It has, like, so many, like, different kind of layers. I lived for six years. I lived for six years in, uh, in, in Florida, and it all treated me well and everything. But uh, I have a two-year-old son, and I was figuring out, like, hey, uh, Maybe I should move back home to my friends and family because I would love when he had the chance to grow up with grandma and grandpa. Mm -hmm. uh, also, uh, from the other side, for my wife, like so, two grandmas, two grandpas, and they do not get uh, younger; they mm -hmm. get older. And you know, so that he has the chance to spend time with him, and that they have the chance to spend also time with him because traveling back and forth, especially nowadays, is pain in the ass. Yeah. So, yeah, I was trying to move back to, to Germany. And also in the year of 2020, I had the chance to spend some time in Germany due to travel restriction. And it was a fun, fine life. So mm. we decided to move back. So, but now we have to do it earlier because my visa will expire. So the plan was anyway to go back to Europe. Now we do it earlier. Yeah. I will move back to Germany, to my hometown, Dresden, end of June. And then we'll start from then again. Just, uh, uh, you know staying busy especially mm. right now with me being a free agent or being soon a free agent on july uh, july on june 16th so i can show up where i want i can do what i want i can promote myself i also yeah. have to promote myself um yeah and having fun and also conquering the uh, european indie scene force germany starting there then mm. maybe go to other countries like the UK, go to... Uh, mate, I'd uh, love to see the UK, man. I'd you know, love, I would love to come back to the UK <laughs> because I really missed out on the UK. I yeah. was part of NXT UK, but just wrestled in the UK under WWE umbrella, and it was always fun. Yeah. And you have all always different kinds of like fans in different kinds of countries because the culture is different. But it, it always felt great to be in front of an English crowd because it's all that uh, a football stadium atmosphere. Yeah, they have chants and like they, they sing along and everything, so it's always great. And especially when you get used to the American fan base, which is mm. great as well, it's it's that that different, you know. When you eat all the time potatoes, you need 
some chips to the yeah. pitch. <laughs> no, I, so, I absolutely respect yeah. that, man. Um, I'm glad that you did mention that about the football as well. Like, I, I actually do go to Germany quite a lot to watch football. I've been to watch Dortmund and Berlin. So I thought I'd yeah. share that. And I, I do generally love Germany as a, um, as a country. Uh, I do find the older generation a bit um, sort of dry um, with their humour, but the younger generation yeah, are absolutely that's typical Germany. <laughs> like, Germans are, like me including, like a lot of, I, I, I had the privilege to to travel a lot, so to see other cultures, how they behave, for example, and how mm. they are, like uh, from Japan to England, uh, over to the States, I met a lot of like uh, Latin American uh, people, just know guys from uh, Portugal or uh, Brazil and everything. There's so many different like uh, cultures and um, characters and everything. And mm. every time when I when I went back home and I was let's say more under the American vibe, right? Mm. Like everybody's super polite here and everybody's like, hey, how is it going? How are you doing? When you go back to Germany and you ask somebody you don't know, hey, what's up, man? How are you? Can I help you? And, and the other guy is looking at you like, do I know you? We are not friends. Why are you talking with me? So they're always, yeah. always straight, always efficient, which I yep. appreciate. That's cool. Oh, the efficiency, I, I, you've got that, mate. Yeah. So, but like, it, it's like, like you said, the older generation is very like, you know. Very blunt. Not, just, no, that way. Yeah. But it's, it's okay. It is how it is. Every, everything has its, has its great mm. things and bad things. But, uh, I, I do definitely want to go back though um but one thing i do want to ask actually to go back to the beginning and to follow up from this is um basically you're training in germany you trained is it age 13 uh yes. which is you know in this day that's quite unheard of everyone trains at least when they're a bit older i want to know what inspired you to get into wrestling at such a young age um i was totally nuts for for wrestling and as a teenager in school time uh, you know just school was not the number one in my life it was wrestling mm. i uh, started watching wrestling with six then i had to break because uh, all like the school stuff and they showed wrestling at the time where i had to go to bed to be early up for school and then in that age of 13 i kind of like got back on the uh, wwf track back in the day with Royal rumble 2000 and i was in love right away again mm. but this time i was older this time i understood more i could um, you know I, I could better progress what I've seen on the telly. So, and that was for me kind of like, oh, that's awesome. I want to do this as well. And kind of like a little, you know, I'm mad with a lot of things, but I'm like really like it. So in that case, it was, hey, let's, uh, I have a good friend. He likes wrestling too. We played a video games together. And then uh, in school break, we had like one of those little uh, rooms where you could chill out. And there was a couch. And then we started doing wrestling rooms on it. And then <laughs> try to uh, let me do jokes and whatever. So, but then uh, he got the invitation for wrestling trading out of the town. And it's interesting, it's not the biggest town. Like the bigger town would be Berlin, which is in mm. a different state, it's two hours away. And, but in that time, 2000, there was nothing really going on in Germany with like independent wrestling. Germany had this good times, like in a couple decades before with all like the big tournaments and everything. Yeah. But, like in Dresden was nothing. So then we found out of the blue a club, which was kind of some guys, they participated in seminars from some other guys, they wrestled somewhere in Germany. 
and they taught them stuff and they taught us that stuff and that was my first steps and i was 13 years old my parents be like maybe not and i was like yeah sure i want to do it and they kind of been a little bit hesitating give me permission for it but after they realized okay there's actually actually like uh, a contract behind it so it was legit in the way of like when i get hurt i'm uh, insured and everything oh really so that's it, pretty good yeah yeah, yeah. So it's it's you have to do it you cannot just find yourself together and then do something you could do it in a bankrupt way but it was not bankrupt resting but also it was nothing really professional resting ring it yeah. was in a sports venue which uh the guys who run the club just rented from the state because it was from from a school sport the sports venue it was like a little sport hall and yeah. it was uh, from a, from a um for for the school basically a sports venue where they do like their uh, sport lessons in there and they they had the chance to with becoming a club in germany you get financial secure uh, uh, support from the state mm-hmm. to rent the club out so you have to be an, an registered club and they probably give you the sport hall for 60 euros per hour which is a, it's a good price or for, for mm. the day it depends but there was like uh i think one or two hours but we always did like four or five hours we always did after midnight and everything because we just been uh, crazy into the whole yeah. you're just you're young and you're it's something yeah. you love yeah yeah but also when you signed that deal you had to pay like uh, a fee also and but it was it was something legit that if something would happen you would be uh, insured and that was the main thing my my parents being concerned about it mm-hmm. but yeah and after then it was good like my my father for example he helped out a lot because he was working in a moving company so he, all the time he, uh, all the time sometimes he got a truck to transport the ring back and forth and you know it just gave us uh, a chance to ride along with him so we uh, we we you could afford it basically because as a 13 14 years old guy yeah boy you don't you don't have the money to to afford traveling that much also it's, you're underage uh, it, so it's not even possible i like to hear that though like normally um when people do get into wrestling at a young age uh they you hear a lot of negativity from the reaction from the, the friends and family and that they only really support them once they've made it but for you yeah. it was different it was sort of like okay well you know yeah. it's what you want to do and i, I really like to hear that um, when did you have your first match? Uh, my first match was, I think, uh, 2001 then with 14. But um, coming back for like for the, for the support, I think a big major part of that was, not I think, I know, that my father was an amateur wrestler before when he was oh. younger. So, and he had to quit wrestling because of politic reasons, because um, uh, I'm from the former DDR, so the Russian side of Germany when the Iron Curtain was up there was a lot of like politics going on where they wanted to have the um, majority of the good athletes in one club because it was like the unofficial state club. Yeah. And he was refusing to because he, he was loyal to his club and they kind of threatened him, hey, we, we make sure you lose your license. And then he was like, yeah, you know, F you guys. Now we'll mess you up even more. And then he got taken his license away because of some stupid rule shit. So, but that's why he maybe could like relive his dream come true yeah. through me. And that was one of the main reasons why he was super proud and is still super proud of me. But he could see, okay, I couldn't do it as an amateurist, but he can do it as a professionalist. Yeah, so my first match was, I think in April 2001, 
which was a single match, which which was totally overloaded with moves and no storytelling or nothing. It was just, say, <laughs> hey, I played WWF SmackDown on PlayStation 1. Here all the moves. Yeah, but bottom, stun on. Yeah, everything, everything, <laughs> you know, just no selling everything. It's just doing all the moves and yeah, but it was fun though. It was cool, especially like uh, working in front of people. Never did this, but it was... You know, I didn't thought about it. I just did it with uh, my my best mate, I, which I started. So we knew each other. We trusted each other, and that just you know, let's have fun. Let's go out there and do it. Mm. And, you know, does your best friend um, does he still wrestle? Um, no, did he did he kind of stop at an early age? Yeah, he stopped. You know, he got older, and then he figured out something that's more important. So I was, I'm basically the only one of the whole club still doing something. There was another guy I then later trained with him, but he mm. had uh, big ego problems um, in, a, in a very early stage, which is never good, which happens to all of the new wrestlers, but they need somebody. Mm. Some people go out of that, but some people just... Yeah, it's normal when you do like your first matches and everything and you get easily high-headed because people maybe cheer for you. People maybe come after the match and want to photograph an you know, want to autograph, maybe buy a shirt if you're already on in that phase. But a lot of times they get high headed because now they think they're king shit, and mm. that's basically the beginning of their end. And if you do not overcome that with somebody who tells you knock it off because you're nobody, so you haven't earned anything, just keep working hard and just shut your mm. mouth. You know. So and he was one of the guys who fell victim to his own ego. Um, good for me because I moved on anyway with him and just started mm -hmm. and. 2006 going to a professional wrestling school in Berlin. And when you would move on, uh, you would go on to wrestle um, and be featured for Westside Extreme Wrestling, uh, WXW, which is, um, mm. even outside of Germany, has really big following. I mean, I've seen them in oh, the yeah. UK um, mm. about, about three years ago. I can't, like, but it's, it's not about me. No one cares about me. But yeah, I just want to know basically about your time there. Um, basically, what were some of your favorite moments and some of your favorite matches uh, for WXW? Um, always 16 karat gold. That was always great. So my first 16 karat was uh, 2011. I wasn't in the tournament. It was very special because that was my breakout performance year or performance weekend. Mm -hmm. And then 2012 was my first time in a 16 karat, but just uh, dropped out the first round. So, But it was a good experience, me just being a little bit more evolved in my character and just being a little bit more... Uh, you know, focus and she's been more like well well rounded, if that makes sense. So, but 2013, no, mid of 2012, uh, I had a chance to uh, get the unified world title, WXW, the highest title there. My title one wasn't not so good because I wasn't, you know, the hunt for the title is sometimes mm -hmm. a little bit more interesting than actually keeping the title and then keeping the title is more work than hunting the title. So, and yeah. I wasn't experienced enough to be a great champion at that point. So a lot of people being quite happy when I lost, even I was the baby face, but I realized <laughs> it was totally up to me because, you know, sometimes you gain something, but mm -hmm. then you should not rest on it. You should progressing. And I was kind of like, oh, but not yeah. so much. Um, but I really enjoyed my last years there, 2014, 2015, mm. uh, 2013, I had a little low. I remember then after a tour in Japan, I came back fresh and then I had a chance to turn heel, which gave me a new fresh air of creativity and everything. So I was a little bit more present. 
um, yeah. Also, like I had the chance to wrestle like, a lot of great wrestlers, like mm. um, Eddie Edwards. Yeah, that, ma that match is really good. Eddie Edwards uh, one. Oh yeah, I had a lot of fun with, with both of them. Um, El Generico, for example, and also like all like the greats from Europe, like from Walter, mm. uh, Tommy, and I had a lot of matches with Bad Bones and everything. So the vast majority of the whole roster was top notch. So it's superb. So you can't wait to, uh, yeah. I was going to say, you're going to be wrestling the air again. Um, I will, we'll be talking about future um, a bit more as well. But I'd like to know, when is it that you got the phone call uh, to basically go to America and work for WWE? That was 2015. I got invited to a tryout in um, May 2014. Mm. May 2014. Yeah, just come by, try out, show what you got. Was the tryout uh, then, in Europe or in America? No, in London. Yeah. Oh, Europe. okay. I said no in London. Yes, <laughs> I'm too long in America. I'm sorry, I'm losing my education. <laughs> absolutely fine, man. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, how was, was the trial? The O2 arena. Pardon? Oh, that's, I was about to ask a stupid question. I was going to say, how was the tryout? Uh, obviously, you get the you end up getting the, the contract. Was great. Dude, like, <laughs> with the tryout, um, I knew I'm not quite the WWE material because I'm mm. not a body guy. I'm not seven foot tall or whatever. I haven't. I would say normal height, but a lot of people are smaller nowadays. I'm I'm six one, which is 187 centimeters, mm -hmm. something. So uh, I'm not I'm not the smallest, but I'm not the tallest. Um, I'm I'm pretty I'm kind of strong, but not the strongest. So I'm always like an average, like in the middle. I'm a little bit above the average, I would say. So, but from from the physical standpoint, I do not look like a professional wrestler. Mm. Uh, a, a, a friend of mine he mentioned like okay it looks believable but i'm not uh, a body guy like ripped or jacked or whatever um especially in that day didn't care that much but what i knew what i could bring to the table was uh, a lot of cardio condition because that was the majority of my workouts i did a lot of uh, grappling mma stuff uh, to get my footwork down to uh, build up my foundation professional wrestling and also i had fun like just sparring and stuff so and i knew i had a lot of cardio i was uh, i can move well with my size better than somebody else with less size or with less weight or uh, something so i knew i could break that uh, bring that uh, through the table and i know kind of the majority of the drills and how it sucks because that was my my main focus on my workouts just mm. you know don't get gassed out because if you gas out you maybe get hurt or you hurt somebody else so yeah, and I knew I could out wrestle everybody like from from the skill set. Every wrestler is different, so you cannot really say one is the absolute best. But I knew like it doesn't matter the guys there, I would be probably perform the best in the ring, even okay. if not. But I had to thinking, and you know, if you if you you always should believe in yourself. But I believed in myself. Yeah. In the end, it came out like uh, like the resume of was, hey, you're amazing, a wrestler, but you need to work on your promos. That was what we read back in the day. So I said, okay, I tried it, it gave my best, I was happy um, because I, I never thought I would get hired. And then a couple of months later, they gave me the call, hey, you, we want to sign you for the NXT process. Okay. Nice. Was that the first time that you would go to America? Yeah. And the first time. Hmm. I want to ask as well, because many times do that leave WWE, whilst WWE can be sort of very specific in sort of how they want their matches and products laid out. The Performance Center, uh, mm -hmm. I want to know, because 
it helps add a bit of polish uh, for talents that are getting ready for TV. But I want to hear from your experience. Uh, what's it like training at Performance Centre? Uh, who are your go-to coaches? And what was the best advice that you were given? Okay, so uh, the best advice we give is be patient because that's the hardest part. Of you you wait for something what maybe never shows up or you wait for something where you know, okay, it will happen, but it will not happen right away because wrestling business is... Let's see, let me say the majority of the wrestling business is the right time, the right place. Yeah. And you have to be patient and you have to stay focused and you have to be prepared and stuff like this. And they always like, they preach that over there a lot. You have to be patient, but be prepared. So that's one of the main things. Um, like who taught me the most or taught me like when I started, um, Usually you start with the beginner's test, which is Robbie Brookside, which I have known from Germany before, and he mm -hmm. already gave me a lot of knowledge. But I had the chance to skip that class because of my experience and go straight into the next class, which was led by um, Norman Smiley. And a lot of people know Norman Smiley from the WCW, uh, WCW Hardcore <laughs> days, where he was yeah. like the phony guy. <laughs> the but now he's, <laughs> he's a legit wrestler. He's a legit yeah. catch-as-can wrestler. He knows like all this stuff. And he taught me a lot of stuff. Most importantly, um, I had a chance to work with him together and exchange with him ideas because I knew a lot of like, like grappling and, and chain wrestling and all that stuff, technical wrestling as well. But he taught me a lot how to speak, how to communicate verbally in a match and i never did this a lot i did this a little bit but not as much because he always gave me great advice not a great advice always pretend you work with idiots because <laughs> um the funny part on that is like you you do not assume okay that guy is a total like, yeah idiot yeah, yeah. He, so you the, the the main thing about that saying is when you think an idea, the other person cannot look in your brain you have to tell this guy and you have yeah. to tell this guy with the at least amount of words to not have the whole conversation inside the ring. So instead of telling, hey, um, go back into my corner and just turn around and do something, you tell him, go back corner, face me, stuff like this. And like on a right turn that nobody really can realize you're talking with the guy because resting is real, if you, if you haven't heard that. So that was a good advice as well. But then like as, as soon as you progress, you go into different uh, classes, you go to different coaches. So also coach, I uh, want to point out is uh, Scotty Doherty. He helped me a lot with the sanity character. He helped me a lot like to elevate that because he's not all about the wrestling like Norman Smiley, but he's about the entertainment. We had sometimes exercises like, okay, give me a five minute match. Don't touch each other. What? So yeah, yeah just yeah. make something up with entertainment. You can do like simple stuff, but don't hit each other, don't bump each other, don't punch each other, but just give me something where I right now will not be bored about you do nothing, but do something with character and everything, which yeah. is pretty interesting because first you think you're crazy, but no, you learn a lot of details. And in my work at Sanity, he helped me a lot to elevate my character, just to put bits and pieces in that character might things you realize, might things you haven't realized, but after seeing it and I'm explaining something, you would say, ah, that's what you're talking about. Mm. So I had, for example, for the entrance, always like a, a weird, I did always with my finger this. And that's sometimes a tick. When I have, when I think about stuff, I do kind of this. It's like when you would have a pencil in your hand, you yeah. spin the pencil, right? So, and then I always do them in my fingers. Kind of helps me sometimes calm down, but it's a natural habit. 
um, once we saw we sit together and watching matches and you know talking about what could we do better and I'm kind of sitting there and try to write something down and he said what are you doing there I said I don't know it's just something he said do it and you put it in your character do it on a point where people watch it you where I kind of do this and I always put it in my entrance that I came down and always did this and people thought I'm playing a bass guitar or something <laughs> but no, no it's, it's just it's because it's, it's, it's just it's it's like to 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 it's a neurologic stuff when you kind of like you, you get your fingers together and you, yeah you know, sometimes it helps me focus so stuff like this for example or you picked up some other stuff yeah just little so details like that. this is so interesting yeah he helped me a lot with that um then also terry taylor was one of the uh, coaches you kind of like go to before you have the chance to go up he taught mm -hmm. me also a lot of like uh, working with with the crowd working with the crowd together get the most out of something so instead of just doing moves 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 just sometimes slow down and just take your time with something till they give you a reaction and then go with them mm. stuff like this and one of the coaches who kind of um influenced the the majority of the main roster, uh, main roster, the majority of the main event is in NXT, and I was um, I was privileged enough to spend a lot of time with him. Uh, also, was uh, Shawn Michaels. He was a guy who said everything what you guys do, we not been able back in the day to to do even half of it. So mm. keep doing what you're doing, but sometimes he put the stuff what we do, the moves or the sequences, put in the right place to get more out of it as well. And he also gave me for example great advices in how to not get brain fucked because sometimes you have like so many different opinions in your head mm. and you you need to so he taught me for example filter through like um use that what you what you think it's value for yourself but stuff what is not value don't disregard it just take it mm. and don't use it but you know it so you know, but don't keep it on you and feel like you have to do it because the person said it. Always be true to yourself and what you want to portray as a character or as a whole, use that where you feel like it's good. And if somebody tells you it's not good, then maybe change it up, but do not change it up because somebody has a different opinion about something. Because he mentioned also wrestling is like art. Everybody paints his picture perfect. In the end, it's up to who makes the most money with the painted picture. Mm. So, and that was pretty cool advice. Training in a performance center was amazing because you had a lot of time and the whole facility and hall is great. It's, I haven't seen a place like that somewhere else. Um, and also uh, sometimes was hard because you had sometimes three hours in the beginning, three hours ring sessions. Now it's just two. Yeah. And one hour or two hours gym. So you come out of bumped out three hours ring session, you go straight into the gym, maybe after half an hour, break but then you have to go to the gym and lift some heavyweights so the training session was pretty intense but it went better after probably some people got a little bit more not really major injuries but smaller injuries so they went down to two hours so you had like intense two hours depends which coach depends which week but training was always fun and and sometimes it was a little bit forcing because, you know, you, you, you want to wrestle and you bumped out from the weekend, then you have to go in back again in the ring. And so sometimes you have to force yourself, but in the end you got paid for that. So it wasn't that uh, big of a deal to motivate yourself because, you know, you, you wake up at a time, you have to be at the performance center around nine, 
in the morning, which was the earliest, but it wasn't that even that early. Before I signed with WWE, I had daytime jobs where I had to get out at five in the morning. So, mm. you know, and you got paid good money for that. So all worth it. No, that's, I'm sorry, I kind of became a fan while she was talking and telling me like, especially like the Shawn Michaels and Scotty Tilter and the stories. Um, I, I can imagine you've got some seminars, books or something, because I think there's, I, I can imagine there's more stories and like how much, oh, yeah. how important it is. That was oh, yeah. really good. I'm, I'm definitely sure the listeners are going to definitely enjoy that. Uh, what, how did the name Alexander Wolf come up? Uh, basically, was there any other name suggested? Yes. Uh, they gave me a list of names, which are all, uh, refused to take because, um, it, we spoke about like stereotypical Germany, right? The older generations a bit. So also they gave me a lot of names, which you could probably give somebody uh, in uh, 1993 or something, you know? So really old school German names, um, Hans van Gus or something like that, like really stupid names. Stupid names. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's up to them. Like um, it's, it's I, I don't think they, they want to like, you know, want to make me mad with that or just have that intention behind it. They just don't know because in the States, Smith and Miller and whatever, and everybody has the same name. If if you go to China, basically so many people name Lee in the back, you know, in England is a blacksmith or whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's just that. And they assume that, um, we, we still live in the Kaiser uh, Reich in, in Germany, so everybody has to that fun housing or whatever. So, uh, yeah, but I told them, like, it's definitely not good. And also because like, Germany and uh, especially the German press is very sensitive about, uh, get reminded about our, our dark past. Yeah. So I didn't want to come up with, hey, look, at that's the blonde guy with the blue eyes and he comes from Germany and his name is Klaus von Guss. And he goes in with his goose steps and, and speaks with a very German accent. So I didn't want to have that character at all. Because that's right away, yeah, just give me a uniform and, you know, so that's that's not good. Um, so I choose, uh, okay, so I refuse to take the names because I said them are too old and they're not good. And that's basically a bad pu- publicity with that because, mm. of course, the German gets yeah. a super German. I mean, it wouldn't even just reflect bad on you or the people of Germany, but it reflects bad on them as well. But they, at the time, or they presented to you, I can imagine they're just, you know, they just think on random names that would associate yeah. with Germany, but, you know. Yeah. So, but uh, always when you refuse to do something or when you reject it, you you have to get an alternative for that because you, you, you could say, yeah, let's do that, maybe not, but I have a better idea. And they're open to hear it, which was good. So I had the list down with names. And the first name on the list was Alexander, first name, and Wolf was the last name, but Wolf without an E, just the end of Wolf. Mm. Then was Arnold, Arnold was on it as well, and Arne, because I had uh, a, a comrade from the, from the, when I served for the German military, that was one of my best mates there, and his name was Arne. So, and it, I always try to find a way how to kind of like put a meaning behind the words. Uh, Wolf was number one, then I had Fox, and uh, the other thing was Fuchs. So German Fuchs is Fox. Mm. Um, so and but the main thing was Wolf. I, did, I definitely want to have the Wolf because, uh, as as we speak about the the, uh, the dark past in German history about World War Two or World War One depends. That's also more than just war. It's more than just military uh, uh, BS. 
there's also a lot of like culture behind uh, fairy tales, for example. And I grew up with fairy tales, and, uh, but not like the Walt Disney fairy tales because they took the fairy tales to Walt Disney and made it more like, you know, PG. Mm -hmm. The real fairy tales of, for example, Snow White and the Hunchman or just Red Hood, um, they're way more darker and way more sinister. And for example, in Red Hood, the villain was a wolf. And also there's another fairy tale about uh, the, the seven goats or the seven baby goats. And the fairy tale talks about that the wolf wants to eat the baby goat. And um, the, the one goat was hiding in a, in a, in a big clock and uh, wasn't eaten by the wolf. And then later on, he had his mother find uh, the wolf and the wolf was totally like filled up his stomach with all the other goats and he cut off the, the stomach and just freed all the other goats and the wolf died in the end because the wolf filled the stomach with stones and threw it into the well. Yeah. So you, it's pretty brutal and that's like fairy tales for kids. Yeah, of course I can't imagine listening to this now. <laughs> yeah, just try to tell your daughter or your son. <laughs> no, but I grew up with that. There's yeah. Brother Grimm stuff, you know. Brother Grimm's are very like uh, like sinister, dark fairy tales. Also Red uh, Red, uh, Red Hood, Red Red Hood. What mm -hmm. is the uh, so Rotkäppchen is, is for German. You know, she goes through the woods and wants to visit your grandma, but in the end, the wolf pass across uh, your path and say, where are you going, little, little girl? You know, so it's a creepy shit. So, and I thought because the majority of those uh, fairy tales, the bad guy was always the wolf. Mm. And it's a German fairy tale, so let's let's try to, to pitch wolf. Because I knew uh, sooner or later I will be betray a bad guy or will be betray the villain or whatever it is. In the end, I turned face and then turned heel again. But I know I could pull off this this wolf character in the way of like um, also the animal, like not the fastest, not the strongest, not the not the tallest, not the smallest, but also it's strong, it's fast, it's tall, it's also small enough to go through whatever that's tall enough to jump over a, a wall or something. Mm. So, and I personify, um, personify myself with that, with saying, okay, I'm, I'm exactly that, but I'm also, I can operate on myself as a lone wolf. I also can go with the pack. I can lead a pack. I can flow with the pack. So the meaning behind was straight up for me. And because wolf, you cannot uh, copyright it. They put the E on the end to copyright it. Yeah. Which also means I potentially can use it in the future again because you cannot, you know, copyright an animal's name. But anyway, that was the story with, with the name, and I was very happy that they choose that. Or just it could be Arnold Fox as well. So Alexander Wolf was sweet. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good name, and it's one that I think most fans will remember you for. And as a part of Sanity, um, I would notice sometimes you do like the crazy dance and talk move. Uh, I just want to know, is this something you break out <laughs> when you're enjoying music at like at a festival or a bar or club even? I'm a, I'm a mosh pit kid. I like to go to hot co concerts, little small venues where you can stage dive. And also when the pit is open, you open up for, for a good amount of violin dancing. And that's my thing. I like to do that. So I thought, okay, let's, let's portray this character, what I would do. And I know a lot of people there are not used to that. A lot of people are like, what the hell are those guys doing? Mm. So it's not normal because it's not. So, and a lot of people, when they see the thing, oh, they're fighting. But you actually attempt to not punch the other guy. And accidentally, sometimes you get a shiner or you get a bloody nose. You know, it ain't ballet. 
So, and that means uh, I thought like that's a weird thing, what is not weird for me, what I like to do, what is again, a personal thing of myself, mm -hmm. bring that somehow into a wrestling match or somehow into the entrance. And again, like the advice from Scotty Gennady is do that when people watch you. So when, when we have a tag team match on the outside, I don't have to do it because if I do it and maybe pull the attraction uh, or, or, or the attention uh, of like uh, me, like going to business by myself and take the attention from the guys in the ring away. But in the entrance, everybody's looking at us or everybody's looking at me also when I'm in the ring. So I always try to find a way to get that in and, you know, get people aware of that I'm a violent dancer. Yeah, man, I loved it. I just always, not like I wasn't laughing at you, but I just enjoyed it, man. Just like you, you can tell you genuinely like having a good time when you're doing it. Um, it was a good blow-up moment. Um, once we had, it's a funny story. Uh, so a good friend of mine, um, Andy Williams, uh, he's the butcher from The Plate and the Butcher, AEW. Oh, Every Time I Die? Yeah, Every Time I Die, Andy. Yeah. yeah. So he's a big wrestling fan since, since forever, but also he's he's in, a, in one of the greatest uh, bands uh, I've seen live. So... He played uh, with his guys on Download Festival, and at the mm. same time, we had like the wrestling tent there. We just had programs running uh, th three blocks a day or something. And the next block, I was up in the opener, and I was very tired. Not even a big uh, black coffee could like wake me up, so I had to find something to get like you know the engine going. And it turns out he was over there at the tent, just chilling out with people, and then. He mentioned, like, oh, we play, we play it next. So it was the right amount of time to go to the concert. They had their programs go. I went in there into my wrestling gear. No wrestling boots, but just the other wrestling gear. And went into the pit. <laughs> went nuts. Sweated <laughs> like a motherfucker. And just went back and wrestled the first opening match at the third block. So, yeah. Fucking love it, man. That's how um, we become friends because I, I wasn't I wasn't very like, hey man, what's that blah blah blah. I just went in there and he was playing, it's just being like, is that him? <laughs> so, yeah, that was cool. That's yeah, man, I like every time I die. Good fan. I like I like a uh, veteran blade on AEW as well. Um, yeah, how man, does it right. feel? Um, basically now that sanity, because I do want to talk about sanity as well, but I just want to ask as well, because they have kind of, very much they split. Nikki being on Raw, Killian on NXT, Eric Young being an impact, Violent by Design, and um, early uh, sanity member, uh, Sawyer Fulton now um, in that yeah. impact as well. I just want to know, how do you feel they're all doing and do you keep in touch with them? Yeah, keep in touch with them. Um, I texted with EY a couple back and forth. Mm -hmm. Nikki and Damo came in the morning. We had a breakfast uh, together. Uh, they can't buy it because uh, they, they know my wife as well. And my, my son loves Nikki. He's always very, very happy when she comes by. No. Um, yeah, with Sawyer, sometimes we text back and forth, but not as much as, for example, with uh, Nikki Demo because we still live in the same uh, part of the town, mm. uh, part of the town, like part of Florida, central Florida. So, yeah, I'm very happy for, for, for um, the majority uh, of them. Uh, what means for all of them, not the majority, for all of them. Mm. Uh, Sawyer has found his ground. He um, he improved a lot and uh, he has fun and he enjoys the ride. EY has finally found something where he could like um, get his vision of how he would portray himself and uh, portray like the whole character stuff mm -hmm. in Violent by Design. And he's definitely happy. He's happy to be back in, in his uh, home promotion where he has not to deal with all this BS of... Uh, 
10,000 people on the back and you talk to one guy who has to talk to another guy to pass down the word to the other guy who finally maybe pitched something to, to, to Vince McMahon. So uh, too many people are mm. there. So and an impact, I guess, there's just a few of them where, where he has the relationship with Scott DeMore where he can say... Knows what from, direction he's going at. Knows yeah, it's straight, it's straight to, to, to the boss and, you know, yeah. from the horse of mouth to the worker. Mm. So, uh, and you can see, like, Violent by Designs is EY's baby. And a lot of things you see there, I mentioned in a lot of podcasts before, you see what could have happened with Sanity. Mm. He was, he's very creative. He's such a great mouthpiece and also great wrestler. So he can do a lot of stuff. And when you let him do something, it turns out in something like that. And I like the mm. whole, you know, I don't watch Impact, but I see like the clips online and everything yeah. and it looks great. And he has great guys in the group which fit and everything. Uh, Killian does great on NXT. He's at the happy place right now uh, as well. And yeah, he's doing good. And Nikki's doing great on Raw as well. So he, he mm. got she got back um, um, to the television screen. She wrestled a couple times main event. But she's in good mood as well. And now she has a good storyline with the championship and everything. So mm. with Charlotte and uh, with Rhea together. So jackpot. Thumbs up for everyone then. Uh, I want to talk about Sanity. Um, I'm a diehard NXT fan. And I absolutely love Sanity. I was happy to see Eric Young get his own stable. It's my introduction to you. And um, Killian Day and obviously Nikki Cross. I just want to know, I want to know about the good times because obviously you guys tore it up. First War Games match, um, Undisputed Era, Roger Strong and Authors of Pain. Uh, you did so much and it seemed like you just had that chemistry, the entrance, everything. Yeah. And your in-ring yeah. work is just solid. So I just want to hear about the positives and I want to know how was it presented to you and what were your favourite me uh, memories and matches? Okay, I got presented with me and Sarah Fulton teamed up on the uh, on the Florida house shows. Then they told us uh, they want to put us in a group. Then they introduced us to, to Eric Young. Then we three found together spitballing ideas. They presented to us the idea of, hey, um, Hunter has this idea for years. He wants to have a group like the three guys from Smoking Aces, the punk, neo-Nazi, assassin uh, hitmans. If you, have, if you haven't seen that movie, it's a great movie. But in the mm. movie, um, they're like three Oh, is that the one brothers. with Ryan Reynolds? And... Pardon? Is that the one with Ryan Reynolds, Smoking Aces? Oh, no, wait, am I thinking different film? No, with Ben Affleck and... Yeah, Ryan Reynolds, yeah. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. They no, hotel yeah. and they want to kill that one guy. Yeah. And, like, the crew with the chainsaw, the goggles. And That's the one, yeah. In, in the elevator scene. So he wants to have a crew like that. Like, they basically, they want to... They have a hit to kill somebody, you know, being assassins or mercenaries. And they do not shoot the guy with the silencer. They go in and blast the full bazooka in the, in the whole store. And they go in and stab everybody. But the one person gets, I don't know, lynched. Or I don't know, like <laughs> freaking crazy guys. And they yeah. want to stab somebody and risk getting shot before. But So totally insane people. And he pitched the idea to us, like, he wants to have like guys like this. So we researched the movie, watched the movie over and over again, blah, 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 to get kind of like, you know creative with what could mm. be where so we presented the gimmick to him yeah. and he was happy to to see us we all smelled like garbage because ey's friend from seattle is like a weird guy who lives in on, on the farm he sued us like the jackets we wore all like custom made yeah and he kind of like put like all like materials together and did something with it and we had like unique jackets so in the end it was 
something cool and then the day we debuted nikki came up to us and we always been cool with nikki and we toured with her also together being friends since day one mm. and she was kind of like saying yeah i'm now with the group and we kind of like oh yeah she's funny yeah you're with the group there's no guy serious i'm with the group i got told i will be the fourth member we said really that's awesome because it's something new you know you have a mm. group of three guys with one girl in it totally different story also hard to book and creatively it's always you have to find a place to not you know bury everybody uh, uh by segment or whatever because you never will always fight for other individuals mm -hmm. as a four-man group so but in the end it was cool like and even like the exposure we got and one of the greatest moments of course was brooklyn where we won the tag team titles yeah games and i think and also a big thing was always like when you had like special things like i remember after war games and after i believe when sanity lost the tag team titles to the undisputed era we had like some we had one match which was relaxed rules something no holes barred or i don't know we've been in atlanta in a, in a at the tv tapings we had a chance to fight around the ring and fight backstage and come back and everything so that was also a fun match and also always fun working with with undisputed era because all of them or awesome individuals and even mm. better talents so no that's that's pretty good man and I, I did want to ask about the main roster one because as a fan it was quite disappointing and disheartening um but i can imagine it being even more frustrating for you as the talent and someone that was actually in the stable um but yeah. I, I, i'll ask what is it like uh basically uh, when you got called up and then everything you worked so hard for just kind of got taken away from you yeah i mean taking away is like like you should know as a hardcore NXT talent that NX uh, talent uh, fan, mm -hmm. you should know that NXT is totally different than Ron SmackDown. Yeah, I said in the recent interviews before, it's like NXT's the 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 rock metal something, you know, a little bit underground like sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, and then Ron SmackDown is more the hip hop version of Pitbull and Flowrider and everything yeah. what is pop music BS. So that's the difference. And when you put, for example. Let's say you take Metallica and now you you let them play at the music awards where Lady Gaga plays as well. So it's it's not the same. It's not the same as they would play at Rock and Ring or Download Festival or something, you know. Yeah. So I think that was the first thing which didn't work out. The second thing they took Nikki away because she was an important part of the group and you could do anything what you want. Every time when they post a picture or post a video, social media, like the whole comment was, where's Nikki, where's Nikki, where's Nikki? It didn't make any yeah, sense. So, yeah, makes sense, but not our decision. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, I understand. And also, it's the thing, like, also what I said in the beginning from the interview, time and the right place. And I think they, they announced the debut, mm -hmm. and they debuted us too late. So all the plans which they had, which they said to us, they had a lot of plans and blah, blah, blah everybody's excited to work with you guys so but then two months later or whatever that time was it felt like forever it wasn't a time anymore for that so they mm -hmm. tried something they um jumped us out in the first match we had then yeah we, it was against new day wasn't it yeah it's like what i did from new day they are a fantastic stable but like it's just debut no no it wasn't a new day we had the first program with the usos and then oh, it was the usos, was it? through a certain amount of uh circumstances and the universe spins uh, in reverse um there was a thing where shinsuke nakamura he was in a in a feud with chef hardy for the u.s title 
Yeah. And then on one tour, he got bitten by a police dog, so he couldn't perform anymore. So they had to, they had to do something with Jeff. And then they put him against EY, which got uh, destructed by us. And then the users came in. We had a six-man tag, and we got beaten clean because uh, Jeff Hardy cannot lose. Mm. Because he was Jeff freaking Jeff Hardy. He's one of the amazing talent uh, WWE still have. And he's a legend. And he was US champion. So, you know, you cannot yeah. cover that as new beginners or rookies by the main roster. And then they let us disappear for a while again. And then we re-debuted against New Day. We had the program. We won uh, a freaking pay-per-view match. And the second yeah. after, we lost clean. And then we disappeared again. So um, there can be, could be a main, uh, like a lot of factors, reasons why we didn't succeed in the main roster. But in the end, it is what it is. And yeah, I mean, I learned a lot to 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 hear the positive side of that. I, yeah, uh, I learned a lot in that year. You know, it made me who I am right now mm. uh, because I, I I learned a lot of business. I learned about that you have to um, that you, that you have to crap on things which are guaranteed in wrestling business. Mm. And it's a, a, a gentleman's handshake, or a, yeah, you're on every show from now on. It's not guaranteed. It's always guaranteed what's written on paper and signed by somebody. Yeah. You know? So, and that's the thing. And also, I had to, I had the privilege to work with so many guys on the main roster, guys like New Day, Usos, Good Brothers. Mm. Uh, uh, I I had a chance to talk to some people like Cena, like Orton about certain things. I had the chance to pick a brain or just work with guys together. For example, even Kane and Daniel Bryan or HS does. So I had a chance to work with so many crazy good talent and so many good people and just had some fun times, mm. even just backstage. So it, and also I had the chance to rest a lot. Actually, we did a lot of dark matches and we had here and there some house shows in the beginning more than after. Mm-hmm. But um, even if we not being seen on television all the time, every time when we showed up, we got a good reaction from internet or from the crowd inside the venue. And it was not as much as we wanted. And we mm. definitely want to, had like a good run there but you know sometimes it is what it is isn't it not, it is what it is it's not meant to be you know things yeah. happen for a reason so in the end yeah i no, got that's, something that's better afterwards <clears throat> no that's, that's fair enough man i mean i've got my memory tangled up with the new day news host but i like that you are speaking positive as well it's not just oh we should have been champions for 24 7 no. but you know i like to hear that it's good like i like i want to talk about the positives you know you can um, bury the company all over the days but in the end it's 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 a company which runs as a corporation and yeah. they have to do a business and they have to decide and it's not easy like a lot of people complain about that but it's not easy to make the guy who pays you one billion dollars satisfying with having mm. a two hour live television show where you can take around half an hour off for commercials and to put everybody in there and you have mm. the guys who bring the quotes right you they they bring up uh, the demos and everything, whatever you want to call it, you know, and not the quotes, what is the, 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 the TV ratings? Yeah. Ratings. So, um, and then you have the guys you want to introduce yourself, uh, introduce to the people want to like, you know, build up or whatever, but it's chaos up there. Like people running around with, uh, like the chickens with a chop off hat, you know what I mean? So it's, mm. it's always like, it's such a big chaotic production. And of course you have to produce what live television. Uh, where you have like guys who need to be on time, this and that, and this and that. So it's it's not hard. Uh, it's mm. not easy, and it's and it's always like people are very hard on it. Of course, everybody has their opinion, which is amazing. But um, me, 
I need to need to kind of like um, look in the mirror and see what I have done wrong, and then I can yeah. play others. Oh, I get you. I get you. And as a fan, I, I just can I can do that, man. I mean, it's easy to just type away and moan, but you know, someone's got to do it, and it ain't gonna be me. So that's what it is. Yeah. Um, fortunately, sanity would come to an end. But um, I've just got, it's not going to be a Q&A, don't worry, but I've just got two questions that my good friend Stephen Haynes would like to ask. Um, yeah. He's basically a good friend and I wanted him a favour. So he wanted to know first, um, did Nigel McGuinness come up with the nickname for you, the Dresden Hatchet Man? Yeah. Ah, okay, perfect. Because <laughs> uh, the story behind it is we, from Imperium that day, we all had a specific calling. Mm-hmm. Walter... The ring general Fabian is the uh, the the equalizer. Marcel Botel was uh, the um, agitator, mm-hmm. and then we had to came up for a name. And I was trying to use X Men, my my, but it's my intellectual property, so they would not. Nigel called me X Men as well, the X Men from Dresden, uh, which was pretty sweet. But uh, WWE wasn't doing something with it and I was not really trying to do something with it so we asked like what could be the persona I am because I was uh, the guy for the dirty work I would kind of like the other guys are more like the tag team holders ring general I would be the other singles guy but I would kind of like because not the equalizer because Fabian was more the equalizer because he was kind of the guy who takes over the match and then uh, keeps up doing but I would be doing things because of my past with sanity where nobody would kind of like do that and then mm. he came up with yeah it could be kind of like a hatchet man oh hatchet man that sounds great so hatchet man is yeah it's like you 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 order somebody or you 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 know it's like a mercenary but just mm. like like a killer it could be a hatchet man so, okay let's do this so that's why natural is uh it gets all the credits for that uh, so I, I really liked it, um, but my mate Stephen wants to know. And his last question, uh, Stephen Haynes would like to know, uh, was it cooler for you personally to be in the WWE video game or to get a WWE action figure? Wow, both. It's like two check marks I, I took off my, my, my bucket <laughs> list. Uh, the video game, I would say the action figure more. No, no, video game. So here's the thing. I love the WWE video games. Yeah. Until... They got shit. <laughs> They're so bad, so, aren't they? <laughs> um, the first video games, SmackDown 1, 2, 3, just bring it, shut your mouth, here comes the pain. For me, shut your mouth, here comes the pain, the two best. Because I'm a PlayStation guy and yeah. a lot of guys would say... Because no, I think No, no Mercy is a little bit overrated. And I know people in the comments right now are going to... Oh, But it Uh-oh. is a little bit overrated. Uh-oh. I was to- never an uh, 64 guy, so, so, you know, have mercy on us. Um... <laughs> No, but after that, some of the video games came out being great as well. But uh, like, I haven't played it for a while. And then I remember when I got a copy of the 2K. No, I stopped playing the 2K games because they they reinvented all the time, like the controls again, and I hated it. Glitches as well. Yeah, and then they they uh, they didn't work together with THQ and Jackies again, and. So and then I, I I got I got all the years I, when I started uh, 2015 I got all the year like the copies of the 2K games and I tried it again and I I had to play it and just almost smashed the telly just I was so much full of rage with that because I couldn't control it and I was yeah, yeah. shit 
So that's why um, it was cool to be in the video games. I didn't play it and I was not happy with the motion capture. So whoever did the motion capture, read between the lines. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was not offending, but not even between me, like some other guys. I remember seeing the motion capture for Chamba and he looked like he's possessed or something, you know. So just to say it lightly, <laughs> no, but I wasn't a fan like on, on that, but it was cool to be in a video game, to, to be on two video games with that. Mm. But I believe, yeah, I would choose this as the cooler race. That is such a wicked a, figure. As a kid, I was a big fan on action figures. Yeah. for my sponsors uh check them out i'll put the details in the description so you just showed me the awesome action figure um you basically said it was a tough tough comparison what was better being in the video game or the action figure um but basically but they both mean a lot to you those those two things yeah um that's cool man uh to so sort of wrap this up because uh, it has been a brilliant episode uh, i'd like to know how was imperium presented to you and also how close were you with the members of imperium I was very close with the member of Imperium because uh, obviously we all German speaking, uh, but especially with Walter and myself, because mm -hmm. I knew Walter and myself from the WXW time before I uh, left off for WWE. And we always, um, we, we not toured together, but we always hang out together backstage and because we had the same philosophy about um, like uh, wrestling in general and that you should treat it uh, with respect and also with uh, seriously and uh, like seriousness and being like, um, you know, just not be a buffoon and just use it as uh, to show off how great you are and just be, a, you know, smartest, but just, you know, have fun with it. It's a passion and everything. So we always got along and uh, we call ourselves friends because we, we live the same wrestling life. Fabian is also great, but I have met Fabian before WWE. I have met, met him uh, when the Cruiser Classic came along. But he's a great guy as well, and he fits right into the crew and to all of us. So the same mi mindset as us, and also was very passionate about getting into the ring and how he trained, and he's very disciplined and everything. So great guy as well. So, and yeah, the three of my best friends, with that being said, in wrestling. So it got presented to me. Uh, Sanity was still um, on SmackDown uh, after WrestleMania 35, and then we had the Montreal, Canada the brand splits and before that I got some NXT UK appearances where NXT had the TV taping in Glasgow, Scotland. So I went to Triple H and asking, hey, what's about uh, the Glasgow stuff with NXT UK? And he mentioned, yeah, we, I, I, I do not want you guys to sit around and do nothing. So we will split you off uh, and you will go to NXT UK and for, go back together with your friends and, you know, with Walter 
favor them or sell. So mm -hmm. you want to have Rinkampf because in that time we still had like the, the brand, the wrestling brand Rinkampf, which was from uh, Marcel, Walter, myself, like a brand. We kind of promoted it as, hey, this is this is the sign for, for us. This is kind of our quality label for professional wrestling. So we yeah. made some shirts and sell some merch, blah, blah, blah. But he said, no, no, not Rinkampf because a lot of people will, you know, think Mein Kampf, the book from Ada Hitler and Rinkampf and stuff like this. You know, some people are not educated, so it's okay. Yeah. Um, in that case, he said, no, we do something else, but we want to bring you into the group. And then you probably will split apart from that group after a while and we'll feed with the guys. So a lot of work to do, a lot of planning, but it was great. It was something new. And we've all been bummed out uh, that Sanity didn't work. And because they mm. dropped the ball with it, they kind of had no ideas. Hunter decided, uh, Trevor H decided that uh, he is not keen on seeing us you know, become visible and not used and whatever. So he pulled the plug on that, luckily. And in the end, uh, I said it before, I had a better gig afterwards than what we had on SmackDown. And I really enjoyed the time there. And a few weeks back, you had a match with Killian Dane uh, on NXT when you were unfortunately kicked out of Imperium. So that's weird, yeah. a bit for Dana. <laughs> but um, at the time the match taking place, did you know that that would be your final match uh, for the company? Uh, no. Because I actually thought it would have might have been leading to like the revival of Sanity or something with Killing Dane personally. That yeah, that was this. I had the same thing. That was the same thought I had in that time mm. because we all of us been like, oh, they kicked me out right now that quick. Okay, why not? So I thought like, okay, because the plans before the pandemic hit was to bring Sanity together and have them feud against Imperium. And then Sanity would stay uh, in the on the US brand of NXT and Imperium would be uh, along for a while in NXT mm. UK. Uh, but things changed because of the pandemic. And that's why I thought, okay, we're doing it right now. Even if I uh, was um, followed or released. So that being said, uh, I wasn't aware of I uh, would be get this bad message the day after that they will not renew my contract. So no, I wasn't aware of. But in the end, uh, looking at that picture, it's a perfect picture, you know. Um, I had the chance to work with one of my best friends my last match in WWE, and I got sent off by two of my other great friends in the mm. wrestling industry. So they look great with that. And from here on now, they hopefully will get the titles back because they're great guys and great workers. So in the end, it, it looked a little bit sour. In the end, it was a little bit like mother efforts, but it's it's better than nothing in my yeah. opinion and if so, some people would spit at him you know but yeah i have no reason for that because again they could make me disappear like without explanations and don't care but in the end they used me again for an angle they closed mm -hmm. the chapter they closed the story i i have the chance to close it for myself and then the end everybody's good if you could choose uh because i found like it's, it's really strange because sanity and imperium are so different as stables yeah. But you yeah. fit in both of them really well. Um, if you could basically have them back for one night, which side would you choose? Ooh, I, I cannot really choose on that one. Ah. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's so That's hard. cool, I, man. That's cool. <laughs> I, I, I tell you why. Like, Sanity is was more an, an acting part of me than Imperium. Imperium was the more me because i love to wrestle i love to i love technical wrestling i love yeah like uh, hard and rugged wrestling and sanity wasn't about wrestling it was about the characters 
um they they had to told me like don't don't wrestle too much in the character be more rocket be more fighty like street fight-ish and with uh, imperium was more like it was more i felt more comfortable with performing in the ring i had the chance uh to to, to show off a bit my skills in nxt uk i had some great matches with some uh, great opponents there mm -hmm. so um i would say imperium but i would I, I don't know, like, I, I like Sanity so much because, like, it was, for me, the first time I had a chance really to find a character and to make it myself that people liked it because how I portray it. So, you, and, and nobody of the group could be replaced with somebody. Even, like, when you had Sorry Fold at the beginning and Kill and Dane after. Yeah. It was not the same character. It was maybe the big guy character, but it was not the same as Sorry Fold because Sorry Fold and Kill and Dane and that part being total different kind of like wrestlers mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so you could not replace anybody because everybody had their stuff down um yeah cannot decide just give me two nights to do the first side sanity and the second night okay <laughs> the easy answer but i don't blame man i mean as a fan i'm the wrestling purists won't like my answer but I'm, I'm gonna say sanity i love sanity and i think as you can tell earlier i was devastated man okay let, let me say this when you give me a match for a sanity character, I would choose sanity. When it's a normal wrestling match, Imperium, let us have a street fight or a war games match, sanity. I like the answer. I have only two more questions and I will let you enjoy the rest of your day because it's still okay. early for you. I'd like to know, well, it's kind of, this is all the same question really, but do you have any regrets in WWE? And do you have uh, an idea, basically, you know, if there's anything that you could have done differently looking back, or is it, or you kind of feel like I did everything I could? Regrets nothing in the way of like what I have done and so, but like I could, I could be more myself from the beginning because yeah. I changed a lot of stuff just to fit into the system, especially in the, in the, in the first year with, with the performance center and everything. I held back a lot of times. I could be more than me in the beginning, but I tried to fit in that that stupid system of cookie cutter matches and everything has to be the same. Um, and then, uh, yeah, like all over the time I should have, I mean, I had some times where it was okay. And then I had some time, especially the end of the run from SmackDown where I totally just lost myself with like uh, my physique. So I think, and that's one of uh, my biggest goals to get in a better like physique, like a better shape, like in ring, not a problem at all all good i can move i have i have to call you with that but it's just really just build up a little bit like a, a better body physique and i think i missed on that and that was probably one of the major things why i maybe not got the pres uh, the presentation i would love to because uh, most of the guys are always like in good shape and everything and i was kind of always like yeah Okay, let's let's try something. Let's try not to get too fat, but I was not very lean on that. So from the body work here, I could have been better. Okay, that's fair. And the last question, and it just brings me, to, if you remember when Cody Rhodes was released and you post on Twitter, uh, yeah. a list of wrestlers, basically, now you're outside of WWE, uh, what names do you potentially have on a bucket list to face? And is WXW uh, a likely destination for the Axeman? But so WXW is for sure a destination for the X-Men because I uh, left the company um, after I signed mm -hmm. and I finished my tour stops with them. So my last match was, was one or two days before I left the country. It was a smaller show in a smaller town. So definitely WXW for sure. 
biggest company in Germany and mm. one of the biggest companies in Europe. Then a uh, potential list of wrestlers. Um, for sure, the, the Freshy released people, uh, they WWE let go. So yeah, it's hard with that, man. Uh, uh, Buddy Murphy, for sure. Mm. Two of really great wrestlers. Uh, also, Strowman, why not, right? Big, big muscle guy. <laughs> um, um, but otherwise, there's so many people in there. So, oh, let's see. I mean, I think it would t- take too much time to think about it right now. And yeah. I do not want to just. I kind of put you on the spot a little bit. You know, no, that's. that's but but for, for me, it's the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm keen to work with everybody and everyone yeah. in in the right uh, uh, in the right environment. You know what I mean. So when yeah. it's when it's I don't know Joe Schmo from some backyard promotion is no thank you. <laughs> it has to be something professional, of course. But like we we speak about professional wrestling business, so I assume it's professional. But it doesn't matter if it's uh, the I don't know when I drop names like Kenny Omega, for example. I just I feel like myself right now, I have to redeem myself with uh, a lot of things like um, what I haven't done in WWE. And I have to kind of like find back the way of continuing move myself up. Mm. So not any like pro wrestling insider top wrestler list or whatever. I, I couldn't care less about that. It's just for me, like start again, picking up the work, picking up the steam, keep the train rolling and then see what comes. And when it, when it, you know, I go to this direction and there's this top guy, of course, I would love to wrestle that. In this direction, there's the other top guy, would love to work with them. Mm. And yet I want to log with everybody and perform uh, a great wrestling match in front of uh, people who are paid mm. a hard earned money. But it is sort of baby enjoy. steps at the moment, isn't it? It's just... We just kind stop. of. Yeah. I think the baby steps, uh, I did that in the beginning of my career right now yeah. with six years of WWE, I built up a name, I built up a brand. Now it's time to evolve that, to get out of this WWE bubble and just finally go um, rampage on that's myself. fucking mental. That's what you're going to do. Yeah. I can't yeah, wait. Because um, I'm, I'm going to be looking forward to seeing you live, man. But um, where can fans find you on social media? Twitter is xmen3016. Instagram is unfortunately still the WWE Wolf, but I have to get in contact with the Instagram support, which does not exist, I guess, um, to change that handle. Uh, otherwise, uh, you can find me on Pro Wrestling Tees. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some shirts uploaded now and um, SL Wrestling. It's more like a German kind of Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, also, I'm on Cameo, and that's it. No other social media. That's awesome, man. Uh, one thing I just clo- I just clocked on is the background of what you got in there. Because I know someone in the comments, oh, why didn't you ask? Uh, what's the poster for in the back? Oh, that is Stick to Your Guns. Mm-hmm. Is that and a band? That is, or? Yeah, that's my favorite band. It's like a band, um, California Hardcore, mm. Westside California Hardcore, Orange County. And this is Stray from the Path. This is also one of my favorite bands. Um, great guys, cool music, you know, hit the pit, meet me there. Watch out for the kicks. That's oh, sweet, man. I just had to ask because it sort of just caught my eye during a few times in the interview. But thank you very much for coming on today. I've genuinely appreciated it. I know for a fact I'm going to see you in the UK, probably Rev Pro, hopefully. Who knows? But um, thank you for coming on. And everyone that has listened to this episode, I know the fact that you have all enjoyed it. Stay tuned. There will be more episodes of What Do You Call It podcast. Hello, everyone. I have a special announcement 
for my next guest. Hey, here's Axel of the X-Men Twitter, formerly known as Alexander Wolf, and I will be a peer on, what do you call it, podcast? You heard. <laughs>